Hello, hello, and welcome to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. We're at episode 125, if I'm not mistaken. Early in the morning, I am up at it, of course. Make sure wherever you're listening, however you're listening, like, subscribe, five-star review, and rate our podcast, which has been going strong for 125 weeks, you would think, but I skipped one week of my long two and a half, what? year career in in podcasting so we're at 126 we have a great show today we're talking inflation we're talking consumer prices we're talking current events and news um all of that and more thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoyed the episode market update of the week current events of the week so right now we are actually in a calmer week of the market. We had that massive drawdown um, a few days ago, a couple of days ago. Um, and since then, we've actually been calmer. The markets had an up solidly st- st- surging day. We've also had some flat days and it's been a lot calmer. I think there is um a sentiment that a lot of this stuff is priced in right now so we know what inflation's at we know the supply chain issues we still have conflict we know some of the information and we the market has priced that in there is stuff that we haven't priced in and you could potentially have as kramer was putting it a bull market within a bear market um and he had a few things that needed to happen for that bull market within a bear market, because we are definitely still in a bear market, the overall sentiment of the economy and potential recession is still there. Um, And he had a few things that we needed to see that would indicate that we are in a longer term recovery. Oil prices need to stabilize, of course. This is something that's probably one of the most hotly talked about subjects of the spring, the summer, just what's going on with oil, what's going on with gas, food inflation. We actually have food inflation too. I did a story on CNBC on a post on their social media just talking about consumer price indexes, which we'll dive into more in our roundtable. But food inflation, um, there was even baby formula shortages, man. We just have a lot of supply chain and inflationary issues and cost pressures right now. He also said that unemployment rate needs to go to 5%. He said that would stop the mag. So if you have more people unemployed, which I don't want, of course, it would stop the mag because people would be like, oh, I have less dollars. I will stop buying things. And that would give room for inflation. And then if unemployment goes too high, the Fed will have to say, all right, we will stop raising rates. We'll give it a breather. And it would actually turn things around the other way. So it's just a, a tug and a pull type of situation. And of course, he had to throw this in there, which I do agree with. Investors need to stop engaging in speculative trading. So this crypto crash that I was talking about, a lot of it's just people that are being pretty much washed out because of their heavy, heavy leverage. Leverage meaning they were borrowing money to buy assets to buy crypto to buy tokens some people do that to buy stocks if you are highly leveraged you just put yourself in a very dangerous situation very dangerous 
Um, and, and and that is, you know, what's washing a lot of people out because you get margin called, meaning the bank says, hey, the broker says, hey, your asset that you're invested has gone down way too much. You have to put in more cash or or we are selling your, your positions at a huge loss. And that's what's happening to a lot of people. That's what's happening to hedge funds and crypto hedge funds because they were highly levered. Um, he also said he needs to see more stocks going up, of course, um, and more breath. So that means overall breath in the market, not just certain pockets. And he sees he needs stronger established firms to merge with newer junk. So consolidation. Consolidation. A lot of firms will probably be bought out of this bear market. Some will be washed out, bought out. It'll be an interesting time um, in the market. So that's just an overview of what's going on. We're seeing again a flat pace. We're seeing pretty, pretty more, more solid, flat, less volatile pace in the markets right now, um, which may not be always be a bad thing. And let's go to news of the week. Interesting news. Uber, do you guys miss sitting next to a stranger in a car as you go to the grocery store? Well, Uber is bringing back the Uber pool to a number of U.S. cities, including New York and San Fran. So guess what? For those of you that forgot, pooled rides allows you to share a car with strangers going the same direction for a discount. Uber and Lyft, of course, suspended pool rides in March of 2020 as the pandemic surged. Uber now says that riders who choose to share will get an upfront discount up to 20% at the total fare if they're matched with a co-rider along the way. The company is also promising riders will arrive no more than eight minutes later than their private Uber would have. The service returns in this fall. Guys, if you don't know, I was the king of Uber pool in business school. I loved it. I would get to places like super late and I would plan super. I'm very good at planning when I need to be on time somewhere. So I'm like, all right, I know if I'm going somewhere, if I'm pooling, they're going to pick up someone. And on the way, he's going to get a notification, he or she. Um, and they're going to have to pick up another person, drop them off because they're closer. And it'll take me like 45 minutes later to get to my spot. So I'll go early and save myself some money. All right. I used to love Uber Pool. I don't know if I'd use it now because I'm in New York. And I just take a train everywhere. I walk. I love walking. Once in a while, we use Uber. But me and my girlfriend probably won't do pool. But shoot, if you're in college or wherever, that's not a bad look. Just stay safe. It's not a bad look. Um, so Zuckerberg, I watched a little bit of his interview. Zuckerberg was on CNBC Mad Money Heavy Kramer episode this this week, today, this week. He was talking to Jim Kramer about the shift in strategy to the metaverse. He had some interesting points that were showing him and Jim talking in the metaverse and I wish the graphics were a little cooler. It looks like some Nintendo 64 or some stuff. I don't, the graphics could be cooler. If we're going to be in the metaverse, I want to see it looking real, realistic. But um, it was pretty interesting. He was talking about the change in direction of Facebook and Meta and where they're headed. Uh, my only concern with this metaverse shift, is it too niche? Is it only going to be for the techies, the people that like this stuff? Like I talked to my girlfriend, she was like, this, she didn't get, she didn't want to be a part of the metaverse. I don't think it's going to touch the average consumer. What's going to draw the average consumer into the metaverse? Because AR, VR technology isn't new. One thing we thought, I posted this on Twitter, and then one person brought up something about the hardware, which is true. They need good hardware. Remember the Facebook phone they tried? 
didn't work. Well, they need good hardware to drop people in. And then maybe, whether it's a phone, the headset, I'm, I'm looking to, I still want to get an Oculus headset. I haven't had time, but I want to get one. Maybe that draws people in, but as of right now, I don't see what's drawing people in. Creators, sure, but if creators have no one to create for on the platform, then they're going to leave. So how do we draw people in outside of the niche techies that actually like this stuff? It needs to be for the average consumer. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. Optimistic, but cautiously. WWE story. Vince McMahon, he could be in hot water. As he stepped aside as CEO and chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment, also known as WWE. Guys, this is all on the heels of a misconduct probe and internal investigation from the WWE board regarding the happenings of an affair between Vince McMahon and a former employee. The investigation has reportedly uncovered a non-disclosure agreement by a former WWE employee claiming misconduct by not only McMahon, but his head of talent, John Laurinaitis. The Wall Street Journal reported that Vince paid $3 million in hush money to the employee with whom he had an affair. And the WWE board, according to the report, found that McMahon used his own personal funds, so he didn't use company money. But guys, he's been a staple in the company for over three decades. I used to watch SmackDown, Raw, all the WWE, which was back then WWF, and they changed it while I was still watching to WWE. I used to watch all the shows. And Vince McMahon's been around forever. Staple of the company. And this is a public company, guys. It's actually performed well versus the broader market. Year to date, the WWE is up almost 20%, I believe. It's the broader market um, being down. And that happens to do with, obviously, a solid product, talent. Um, but people going back outside, yeah, it's up 22% year to date. It's fallen a little bit on this news of the probe. Oh, Vince is getting, he's a wild boy. The guy is 76 years old. You wouldn't be able to tell if you looked at him. Stays in pretty good shape. But he's 76 years old. He's a wild boy. What's what's he doing out there? <laughs> we got we to gotta chill out. We got to chill out, Vince. Don't let me make a slap. Don't let me, don't let me lay, lay the smack down on you. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to watch closely what happens with that story we'll be watching that one closely and guess what for the drivers out there for the car drivers we're talking about gas inflation president biden is urging congress to suspend federal gas and diesel taxes for three months by borrowing 10 billion from the highway trust fund it could ease pump anxiety but may not be enough but there may not be enough support for this plan so he pretty much wants to suspend gas and diesel taxes, which would give the oil companies a little bit of breathers, hopefully they can lower prices. Um, and, you know, that, that's an interesting, interesting play. I think he wants to lower prices. He doesn't want to be in a recession during, you know, election year. That's what we're, you know, so he doesn't want that. And they're trying to fight against that. And they're trying to help the American people. And I get it. I get it. People need help. This is crazy, um, crazy price times. Really, really is. Um, we have so much more in the news today as we're scrolling. What else happened in the news this week? There was a lot. There was a lot. I won't touch on the Deshaun watching thing, but we saw the, the finals. You guys watched. I think we talked about it last week. Warriors took a took a wonderful victory lap for Steph Curry's fourth ring. 
One other thing we did see in the news, Kellogg. Kellogg is planning to split into three companies. Yes, three. They want to split their their business into three publicly traded companies, snacks, cereals, and plant-based. Why do people do this? We were trying to figure it out on our show. But the main thing is they can be able to allocate their resources more efficiently, have more alignment within the company, um, and, and Wall Street usually cheers this you know split up of a larger conglomerate into smaller separate um, pieces because it does allow for more efficiency in different things. It can boost profitability uh, when they go solo. So they're planning to split. Kellogg cereal sales have been slipping. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel that. I'm actually like not eating cereal anymore. We're just like putting milk in a bowl with some weird cardboard like snack and just eating it. But I've actually gotten back into it in the re- most recent months. <laughs> but um, I can see that the snack game is always good. The snack game is always good. All right, folks, so much news that we got through. You guys heard my ramblings. We'll get into the roundtable next. Welcome back to the Financial Roundtable. And of course, we're talking. So I had a post, really interesting post on, go to check the CMEC on Instagram, on their Twitter, on their TikTok about inflation, consumer price index. How do we actually track inflation how do we look at it um and you know it's interesting um we actually we're talking about inflation you know it's obviously accelerating it's accelerating at the fastest pace we've seen in over four decades yes we have rents going up food and gas everything is more expensive than it was a year ago the conventional way we measure consumer price inflation meaning consumers us people that are buying things um is cpi consumer price index. And it's a measure of the average change over time in the prices paid by consumers for a market basket of consumer goods, like a basket of things that you need. The CPI report is released monthly by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. And of course, this number is projected on Wall Street. It's used to understand the health of the economy. Um, And last month, it rose a bit higher than expected. It was 8.6%, where economists we're looking at 8.3% year-over-year um, growth. And the core CPI, that strips out food and energy prices because they're usually volatile. But that was even up 6%. And that was over the estimate of 5.9%. So we had hotter-than-expected inflation. Um, and that's a lot of what's been triggering some stuff going on in the market. Um, and like stuff that's not good in the general concept of things. And so they, they break down the CPI report. You guys should take a look at it. If you, you know, just Google CPI report, you'll be able to see they break things out like shelter, rent, energy, um, and everything is of course moving up. You know, we printed a bunch of money. We have this, you know, the same, a lot more dollars chasing the same amount of stuff, even less amount of stuff because of supply chain issues. And so that's going to make prices go up. It's simple supply and demand economics. And we're still feeling the residual effects of that, and we will be for some time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to look at, and 100%, um, 8.6% was the highest in since 1981. And of course, for the consumer, there's nothing people can tell you that's be like, oh, we'll do this, and you're going to, there's like no tricks for this. There's no tricks for this. It's really just being disciplined, consistent with your budget. Um, because if you have salary and you make the same amount, 
every month, every two weeks, it's going to eat into your budget. There's just no way around it. But just staying pat, trying to see if you can increase income, no way around it. And I was just actually looking at my Twitter, um, switching gears. There was an interesting talk. It was like yesterday on Twitter, it was all the big rage about, do you work from home and make less if you're at a corporate W-2 or go into the office and get a, you know, a little bit more money. I think jobs now are saying, Hey, if you come in work on site, we'll pay you like 30 K more. Some are even going up as much as 50 K more. And so there's a hotly debated topic on Twitter. Most people are on the side of like, we wouldn't go in. Um, obviously of course could work for myself and work from home. And I love working from home. I cannot imagine. Uh, I could. I could some. I could work in like a shared workspace with people, but I couldn't imagine like having to go into the office every day. I think a good hybrid model, leaning more towards staying at home, is probably the best for most people. But a lot of people on Twitter are saying they would not want to go. They just didn't like the whole having to have conversations. You didn't want to have it. It's draining. Like it could be draining. I totally. When I had to do that, it was draining. And so I can see where people are talking about. Most people are on the side of they would rather take less money in a W-2 job and work from home. And I would assume that's a sentiment for most people, but let me know what you think for our great listeners out there. What is your sentiment on that? Would you rather work from home, make less, or go on site? And one thing about the calculation, I haven't done it because I don't need to, but people are saying once you factor in gas, commute, um, daycare if you need to, it's pretty much... This, that, that like breaks even, they said. It pretty much breaks even at that point. So that's interesting. That's going to be highly debated and a, a thing that's going to really be a point of contention for a lot of jobs and job seekers from going forward. Because people realize you can work from home and do a solid job, a more than solid job. It's probably more efficient. You save time. Use tools that cost less, less money. Anyways, That is what we have today, folks. We, of course, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.